Previously on Booze and Buffy. Harrison is a bountiful cornucopia of audio recording skills and Buffy knowledge. Here's to digging up girls, chopping their bodies up into little pieces, and then sewing them back together. She's out there every night battling the forces of evil. <laughs> the least they can do is dig a grave up for her. Hi, I'm Harrison, and I'm here with Tyler. Welcome to Booze and Buffy. We are watching and discussing every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, one by one. No spoilers, because I don't know a lot about Buffy, but honestly, like, this episode, like, has me shook. (laughs) Um, Yeah. yeah. And I am a self-proclaimed Buffy narcissist. (laughs) That's not the word I thought you were going to say. I know. Um, what about, um, let's see. What episode are we watching? We are watching season two, episode three, School Hard. Uh, this is not the one where Willow becomes an idiot, as Tyler predicted <laughs> last week. Um, this is the one where a, uh, a new vampire, or a pair of new vampires, Spike and Drusilla... Uh, come to Sunnydale and attack the parent-teacher night in a uh, bit of a die-hard send-up. Yeah, I, I don't know that movie enough to catch any of those references. You still got it, though. Like, I mean, like, you walked me through it. I, I feel like you got there pretty quickly. Yeah. Uh, it is a Christmas movie, after all. Um, let's see. So, School Hard was... Uh, School Hard has a story by Joss Whedon and David Greenwald. The teleplay by uh, teleplay by David Greenwald and was directed by John T. Kretschmer. This episode originally aired on September 29th, nineteen ninety-seven. So I think what that means is that like J- Joss Whedon and David Greenwald came up with like the story together and like, yeah. outlined it, but David Greenwald actually sat down and wrote it. We're kind of recording these, like, in the same months, along the same time. We kind of are. We're like... um, So it is currently September 22nd. Oh, we did? Yeah. Close enough. All right. Let's dive in. Here we go. What is on the gay agenda for today? Angel. It's Booze and Buffy. Hey, Harrison. Hey, Tyler. What are we drinking? Um, so we are drinking something that my husband discovered. It's like a new drink he found this week. Um, 
He actually like kind of made it for the first time while we were recording. The drink is not new; it. it's new to John. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but it's a. It's he actually made this for the first time while we were recording some assembly required last week. Right. Um, but it is a dark and stormy, so it's dark rum, ginger beer, and lime, and it's mm. it's good. Yeah. Um, it has all the things I like about ginger, and none of the things I don't. <laughs> um, and when I asked Tyler to bring ginger beer so we could make these um we didn't realize so we actually made like made the drink or we tasted the drink uh, yeah i'll say more accurately we made john make the drink yeah uh that the ginger beer we have is also alcoholic and not the non-alcoholic which i guess I that's say, what i get for going to a liquor store that's not good no i'm like here's to alcoholic ginger beer yeah it's only like two percent yeah, it's, like, it's good yeah um all righty well, here is time for our toast. Toast. Okay. So here's to production value. Hell yeah. Like this episode has me shook on a lot of levels, but like here's to good production value, like good lighting and fight choreo and orchestration and hair and makeup and just everything that has improved in season two. Mm-hmm. This episode is yeah. a good indicator of that. Here's to that. Yeah, we're, we started recording really far, like, across the room from each other, so we can't... We have two mics now, because we're on that season two budget. <laughs> we need to, um, we need to just pre-record, uh, just us. Hey, cheers. Glasses, yeah. And then I can just... Edit it, it in. in. <laughs> we'll tweak uh, it in post. <laughs> Alright, so, let's just dive right the fuck in to school hard. Um, I've been so excited to, like... You mentioned yeah, you like this episode. episode. Yeah. And I mean, I see why. Because like I said, this episode really embodies a lot of the things that are better about season two. Yeah, really does. Huge improvement over last mm-hmm. week. So before I start this, I just want to say on the Buffy wiki, <laughs> under synopsis, uh-huh. the, just the first thing it says is in all capital letters, PARENTS IN THE NIGHT! <laughs> I don't know what that is. I don't know what that is. Uh, so is anyway. it... Just like the parent teacher conference? I guess that's what it means, but it just sounds really. They turned the lights off in that one part. <laughs> uh, so this episode starts with um, Buffy and a fellow student named Sheila, which the Buffy wiki credits her as Sheila Martini. And did you ever catch that? No, but she's drunk. Well, yeah. Um, or like hungover. Yeah. I don't. Maybe there's like a file or like a paper. Maybe. Or maybe she's credited that way just in the, in the um, credits. Like, yeah, in the credits. Cool. Um, so they're in Principal Snyder's office. Mm-hmm. Um, they are, according to Snyder, they're just like the two worst girls. So what did Sheila do? Um, Sheila, according to Principal Snyder, um, stabbed her horticulture teacher, <laughs> which Sunnydale has a horticulture class. Okay. Cool. Um, with a trowel. A trowel, Which but she disputes. She, she disputes. She says they. It wasn't a trowel. They were pruning shears. <laughs> and I want to know in what sort of school could do you get away with stabbing, stabbing a, teacher? a teacher with pruning shears, and your punishment is making banners? Oh, I know Sunnydale, yeah. where they can't expel students because there are already like four students. Of well, I mean, maybe Principal Schneider is. In on some nefarious things. Potentially, as we uh, will discuss a little later mm-hmm. on. So um, he threatens them with expulsion. Yes. 
they have to 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 I guess get back in his good graces. Uh, they have to do all the setup for parent teacher night. Which Sheila's not really gonna follow through with any of that. No. And Buffy gets into it. She's like, <laughs> she's like, I can save the world from vampires and plan a bomb ass parent teacher night. Yeah, for sure. One thing she can't do, make punch. Oh. Yeah. So uh, next up is vampires. So so yeah. So we're introduced to Spike when um, he runs over the, the welcome to Sunnydale sign. Okay. Um, and, then, and then it's like cut to credits. Mm-hmm. Um, so the next time we see him is in the abandoned warehouse. Right. Where With the, the other vampires. Is, okay. Is and there's up. plenty of vampires at this point. Yes. <laughs> lots, of, um, lots of vampire extras. Mm-hmm. Um, we're kind of a... We've touched on this before, like more budget. Like last year it was like, the master and like one lackey. Yeah. Um, now it's always like six or seven. Yeah, which is kind of cool. Yeah. Um, so we've got this one vampire who is credited in the episode as Big Ugly. <laughs> his eyes are, his brow is like kind of fucked up. Yeah. Um, he is uh, bragging to the, the anointed one that he's going to kill the slayer. Mm. Um, it's going to be just like the crucifix, and he should know he was there. <laughs> so at this point, Spike enters, and it immediately... That's when he starts himself. bragging about Woodstock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. He's like, every... Um, oh, not, that was a weird gig. I'm not going to do the accent, but he's like, if every vampire who said that they were at the crucifixion were actually at the crucifixion, it had been Woodstock. And then he was like, I actually was at Woodstock. That was a weird gig. I fed off a flower person and spent the next six hours watching my hand move. <laughs> um, but I like, um, we immediately, Spike really distinguishes himself pretty immediately from the other vampires. They are very, um, uh-huh. like the master, ritualistic. And yeah. They all talk in verse. And like, yeah, what? Is that new? Um, I mean, the master always kind of did. Really? A little. Like, he... Well, he would always, like... It has been much more apparent in season two. Yeah. I noted on it with the hammer dude, and then this guy right. does it. I just... I, yeah. I was confused. I think, And I think it's to distinguish them. Because when, when Spike comes in, he's, he's rock and roll. He's... Um, the uh, the comparison I see a lot with him and Drusilla but, is but does, Sid and Nancy. But doesn't Spike speak in verse as well? I don't really think so. I feel like he does briefly Maybe. towards the end. Um... But, but maybe, I feel like, yeah, if they're, like, part of this sect, or they're very, like, ritualistic, then, like, yeah, that, that kind of makes sense to me. Yeah. They would talk like that. And Spike's, but Spike's a rebel. He's, and he'll never, ever be any good. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Um, so... You'll <laughs> be a vampire. Bah, bah, bah. Um, so, then we get, uh, Drusilla. So she enters and she's like drowsy, or weak. Yeah, she's uh, super pale, dark hair, white dress. Um, yeah, she is like, like I, I don't know. There, I, she's got a very mystical quality about her. She she talks like this, and and she 
you know, she, uh-huh. and I, I like the way they, this is one of my favorite parts of the episode is this entrance and this introduction to Drusilla and Spike. We get this introduction to Spike first. He's a badass. He's rock and roll. He's, yeah. he's wearing a leather coat. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's in vamp face right. for the entirety of his introduction scene until Drusilla enters. And he goes into his human face. His whole manner softens immediately. Mm-hmm. And you kind of see, you've got these two sides to this character. He's a hard ass. But when this woman walks in stars in his eye like you can at least from like that entrance you can see he fucking adores her mm-hmm. um and they have this really cool bit where she um she like cuts his cheek with her fingernail mm. like licks the blood off and then they like put their heads together they're like they're about to kiss but then before they kiss they each just turn their head and look at the anointed one and I don't even remember what they say, but it's just, it's really cool. I really like it. Yeah, well, that's that was my question at that point. I was like, wait, was she about to drink his blood because she's not a vampire yet? But then she, you were like, no, she's already a vampire. Yeah. She's, she's just, like, anorexic or something. Yeah. Well, so, and this is something that will be developed a little more throughout the season. Um, but he does mention at one point, she says, I miss Prague. Um, and he, Spike says something to the effect of, like, you nearly died in Prague. Um, hmm. and something about a mob. Um, so we, and he makes a lot of references to her not being well. Um, and so, so that's just something that's going to develop gotcha. throughout the season. Um, Drusilla. Oh, uh, well then they were in the library, right? Yes. Um, they are, um, or no, I don't think they're at the library yet. Okay. We are in the, like the hallway where Buffy... Willow and Xander are making the banner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, Sheila's not there. And she covers for Sheila. She does cover for Sheila. She's like, oh, she just went to get the paint. Yeah, and she walks in, and she's got uh, Jenny Callender vibes from Iroh by Jane. Yeah, I thought it, she was her for a second. <laughs> <laughs> well, their haircut's kind of the same. It kind of is. Hers is a little curlier. like. Um, but um, Giles and Jenny let Buffy know that Saturday is the night of St. Vigius which is um, basically like a vampire holy night where vampires are stronger than normal. Mm. And they can expect that the Anointed One's forces will probably come after Buffy during that time. During that time. So that's like, you've got like kind of two Meanwhile, boxes. she has a parent-teacher conference. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you've got these two... Parents just shows. don't understand. <laughs> You've got her prepping for parent-teacher night on Thursday and St. Vigius on Saturday. And then, of course, that's like... Spike just goes, fuck it, and attacks her three days early. Did Saturday Night Live ever do a Buffy rip? Um, I know that Mad TV did one. Okay. Um, and I, I, that should be an extra. Oh, no, shit. Um, SNL does... Did a... Um, a Buffy... Um... Buffy Seinfeld sketch <laughs> with um that sounds horrible. Oh my god, it's really not very good, but it's when Sarah McConaughey hosted. Okay. And so um it's like the uh I almost said Frazier like Seinfeld and Kramer and all of them are like vampires. And Kramer, um and then Sarah Michelle Geller is like is Elaine and it's it's not a very good sketch, but the um. 
there's a bit at the end where Sarah Michelle Gellar does like that shrug that Elaine always does, and she nails it. Like she, like her her Julia Louis Dreyfus in that moment is perfect. Okay. Um. Anyway, <laughs> that was a worthy tangent. I but know. let's continue. Um. So we were in the hallway. Yeah. Um. um this is one of the noteworthy outfits start. Okay, cool. Okay. Let's take a minute to talk about that. Do it. So, um, the the hair in this episode kind of has its own theme, right? The, like, like clippy bun with, like, a stick of some sort through mm-hmm. it. Um, so Buffy's got her tie-dye, like, t-shirt with, like, a little overalls. overalls. And they might be acid wash. I don't know. They're, like, a lighter. Yeah. Um. And then, uh, but Willow also coming in strong with her Scooby-Doo t-shirt. Yes. Um, and, you know, I never noticed that she's wearing a Scooby-Doo t-shirt, and that's yeah. when you pointed it out. Um, but yeah, Buffy's got maybe like a paintbrush or something I think in her it's hand. a paintbrush. Um, and they're working on the thing, and yeah, it's just, it's good. It's It was a very 90s moment. I feel like especially the like tie-dye and the overall, that's yes. like iconic. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And practical. She's yeah, painting. and she's painting. She can't get it she on her nice job. clothes. It's a nice banner. Yeah. Fuck Sheila. She didn't contribute to that shit at all. But what was their excuse again? It was like um, she was convincing with she that lie. Says like Snyder comes up. She was like, like, "Oh, was there no teal in the art room? I yeah. guess we'll have to go back." So Snyder comes up and he's like. You're not helping Buffy because Sheila's not here, are you? And Buffy says, oh, no, Sheila's been here the whole time. She just went to get supplies. But while she said it, she was like, I know you wanted it to be perfect, but I think we'll just have to settle for what we have. Yeah. (laughs) That was the part that drove it home for me. It's pretty good. Like, she's, like, building the story that, like, Sheila has been here and cared. Yeah. (laughs) And, like... And Sheila's, like, sunglasses. She doesn't even say anything. She's like, "Uh (laughs) uh-huh. Um, also, I think Willow has a great line where she says, like, we're loitering or we're lingering or something like that. She's like, certainly not helping. Just standing here doing nothing. Um, She's quick to admit to uh, any other crime. <laughs> yeah. Um, and there was something earlier in the episode that uh, when they're discussing Sheila and um, Sheila runs off to her boyfriend, Meat Pie. Um, <laughs> But Willow said something about, like, when they were in, like, middle school, she would, like, like, be her, Sheila's lookout while she smoked. She's like, I'm bad. I'm like, <laughs> I didn't catch not. that. That's funny. Okay, so, like, Sheila has a little more of a backstory. Yeah. So they go to, um... Uh, the bronze? They go to the bronze, where Buffy and Willow is, are studying French. And actually, that's a little... You know, we were kind of making fun of that earlier, that, like, oh, they're doing homework at the bronze. But now that I'm thinking about it, some of the theme of this episode that we were struggling to think of earlier is, like, the different parts of Buffy's life bleeding over into each other. So, like, the school and the slaying. And here she's, like, trying to combine her school and personal okay. life. there we go. Yeah. Is that a stretch or... No, no, I like it because it goes with what I was saying, like, the truth coming out. Yeah. The, uh... I don't know. She yeah. can't compartmentalize, like, mm. these parts of her life. They do bleed into each other. Uh-huh. Um, so I so I made a note about this. Um, in the background, while while fucking uh, Willow and Buffy are doing French homework, Xander is dancing. Yeah, and he's mm. doing this weird, like 
attention is not drawn to it, but he's like flailing his arms. Weird. He's about to knock someone's fucking head off. There is a band at the bronze? Yes, they are called Nickel. Not to be confused with Nickelback. <laughs> Their song is called 1,000 Nights. Yes, that's, so that's the first one that plays okay. while they're doing mm-hmm. homework. And then the second, well, uh, you have the thing pulled up. What's the second one called? Stupid Thing. So that's the one that plays while they're all dancing and Spike's like okay. walking through the club. Yeah, this is the one point, again, in the episode where it's not like completely underscored, right? Like they're doing yeah. some music. Worth noting. Okay, like, maybe the singer is, like, actually, like, doing it, but I feel like this is an overdubbed kind of scene. Like, they're just lip-syncing. Because the drummer in the background literally has, like, Tyrannosaurus hands, and he's, like, got the weirdest grip, and he's just, like, playing on a cymbal, and it's, like, the track has, like, a full drum, you know what I mean? Like, it's, like, he's just making it up. Like, he's faking it. Yeah. Um, So, um... So that's one of the, like... it's easier to find those moments I guess now that like the production value is better because they stand out a little more yeah so I think what happened there Mm -hmm. is um I I read an interview with an actor who appeared later in the series who played guitar yeah and would like play at the bronze um and the the actor didn't play but he did learn how to make it look right yeah he was playing but then when they would go in and edit they wouldn't they would like the shots they were showing of him didn't line up with the track didn't he line was up hearing. With the track exactly. Yeah. So there's a good chance that maybe like what he was doing there was like a part of like a different part of the song. Yeah. yeah. But the editors were just like fuck it. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah. But yeah. maybe not. But that maybe was a weird like. I put like, that under my spot the stunt double <laughs> section too, <laughs> just because I was like, eh, stunt drummer. Um, but yeah. So the music. I mean, honestly, like the whole thing being underscored, it just really adds to the level of tension. Yeah in this whole episode it I had like, me on the edge of my seat yeah I especially with the whole like school uh, lockdown kind of scenario mm. i like the song mm. choice in that moment too it's kind of creepy yeah while, uh, spike is uh, while spike is like is the first time i burped on the podcast <laughs> is it yeah there might be oh. start a burp, burp count we should all right first burp <laughs> um, um so Spike also uh, he sends one of his vampire lackeys out into the alley to attack someone, and then like he yells loudly so that Buffy hears like someone's. someone's yeah, somebody call the police. There's somebody biting. Yeah, people in is, the parking lot. It's cool. Like he wants to see her in action. He wants to see what she. Well, can do. he also probably wants to confirm that it's her. Probably. Because like. She's the first one to run off, and he's like, hmm, "Yeah, gotcha." I think it is part um, confirmation. Like, yeah, this is my girl, and also part like because they can sense that shit, but yeah. whatever. But in, and yeah, and part like testing her, wanting to see like, uh, see what she can do. We're good. Um, um, yeah, so it's just cool, um, and it tells us a lot about his character. I think. Um, I. Okay, to be clear, not the biggest fan of Buffy's outfit before she leaves the bronze. But when she leaves, it's just like a little like cami, it's like white. Mm. It's nothing, I don't know, nothing fancy. But whenever she puts on the purple jacket to go outside Mm. as she rushes off, that, that look is dope in the fight scene and stuff. And obviously... 
and maybe this is kind of a recurring thing i won't call it a theme but like in scenes where the stunt double is about to get some screen time Mm -hmm. like buffy needs to put on like a jacket a coat uh like let's make her a little more easily easily more disguisable uh-huh yeah um there's a moment that i i hair down I, um, you know yeah i wrote it in my notes buffy yells that she needs a spike or she needs mm-hmm. <laughs> she's got a spike she needs a steak and xander runs inside mm-hmm. he grabs her purse he pulls out a yo-yo he pulls out a tampon he freaks out that he's holding a tampon. I would too. Drops it, and then he pulls out her stake. So yeah, we're in the. We go back to the library. Um, Buffy is kind of checking in with Giles. She's telling him about or she's telling him about Spike, um, and uh, she's also getting ready for parent teacher night because it is parent teacher night at, yeah. at this point. Um, so she is chopping cucumbers <laughs> with a machete. <laughs> um, classic doing it very poorly they're like huge chunks I was, it was kind of making me mad I was like um, the others are whittling steaks for her and um, I I would just really want to point out your reaction Which to this moment of Cordelia's Oh. so Cordelia shows up for the first time in the episode and her first line just audience at home Picture us sitting in my living room watching the episode. <laughs> Cordelia, uh, Xander says something along the lines of, "I remember when Saturday night was for dating, and or Saturday was date night. Saturday was date, or who remembers that Saturday was date night?" And Cordelia goes, "You sure don't." And Tyler goes, "Stop! Stop! 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 Stop!" And I like pause it. And he's like, "We need to rewind." And I was like. Okay. We had there was a lot of talking going on during that scene too. So um, well, that's true. That's why I wanted to watch it again. But I was like, I, I I wasn't sure like what you why and you. It, but it was a good moment to just be like, thank you, snaps for Cordy. Yeah, and you, really, it was her first line. She's coming in strong. It was her entrance, if you will, as always. And like, she she had a one liner, a zinger, and it like it landed. Oh my god! And you were cackling. It, it was, was, it was really so funny. good. It, it was. was Cordelia is getting like more refined in season two, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so Angel, um, Angel, Angel shows tells up. them that um, he knows Spike. He's like he's a bad dude. They um, find out that Spike killed. They feel out his name is William. William the Bloody. Um, he got his nickname Spike by killing people with railroad spikes. Um, we also have pick up a little bit of that tension that's going on between Buffy and Angel, um, are mm. in the jealousy department. Right. And, um, Willow has a beautiful moment where she's like, um, I don't remember she, what the moment was, but I remember how it ends. She, um, so I'll set up the moment and then I'll let you like slam yeah. dunk the, the punchline. Yeah. Just loft it to me and all. Um, so she's like, wow, you're like 200 years old, Angel. And... Um, if you went on even just two, two dates, dates a, a year. year, that'd be, and then she realizes, uh-oh, I've stepped in it, Buffy's looking, like, staring daggers at her, and Willow looks around and then goes, <laughs> why do they call it a maze? 
<laughs> and she like kind of touches the mace like what oh my god it's so cute um and then angel just kind of batmans out of the room mm-hmm. um i i like that verb thank you a, a gerund I, I feel like i've made this comparison before but in in like the dark knight when he's talking to commissioner gordon mm-hmm. and then like he'll just leave yeah and like yeah you will turn before. around and he'll be gone angel does the same fucking thing yeah angel angel and batman lot in common mm. uh broody dark knight dark knight. <laughs> um let's see so they're back in there uh what was this before or after the scene where we see um what's the the bad chick's name sheila sheila and she's in the uh when she's uh in the alleyway with her two like bad boys yeah who were like who look more like they want to fuck each other than they want to fuck her sheila is She's in the... Was this before or after the library? That's what I'm... This is after. So actually, I'm sorry. I conflated the two scenes. Um, There's multiple scenes in the library. Yeah. So the the scene we just talked about with Angel is actually... That's what happened. The scene with, like, Cordelia and all that, that is... Later. Later. Okay. Um, I got... Whenever they start making more specs. So, I mean, yeah, steaks. Sheila's walking along because now we have to make that distinction. It's a steak and not a spike. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> um, she is with her two guys, and she's like, you have a Cadillac? I'm just crazy about cat. I love the way the leather makes me feel. And I'm like, how the leather makes you feel? Like, sweaty and sticky? Because that's mm. how leather makes me feel. Yeah. But um, I I really like this episode. If I had to make a complaint, mm. it's Sheila. She's like yeah. every bad girl cliche. Like, mm-hmm. and the... Her line delivery. Oh, that was my other moment that, like, got a real big reaction from me. Which one? Do you remember what I said? Oh, no, I don't. I was like, poor Sheila. She just fell in with the wrong crowd. (laughs) It was right as as the two were, like, disappearing. I was kind of... I said that kind of assuming that they were already vampires, maybe. And then, like, that's where it was going. But, yeah, never mind. But they're just regular dudes who... I don't know didn't seem like they didn't have any lines did they? they had no lines poor guys um she's killed by spike um so yeah so spike um basically spike attacks her he doesn't really attack her he's more like hey i'm cool and i'm wearing leather and she was like i love leather i love the way it feeds against my skin and um one more time How'd that go? i love leather i love the way it feels against my skin <laughs> oh my god um so he spike takes sheila back to um back to the the factory right and drusilla has blindfolded her how do you balls. spell that drusilla uh, it's d-r-u okay s-i-l-l-a i wouldn't have guessed s-r-i-l-l-a i put in my notes i put d-r-u-c-i-l-l-a like Priscilla, how do you, you spell Priscilla? I mean, you were close. You just you just replaced this C and an S. You got it. How do you spell Priscilla? Pers- it's like P. I don't want to know because that's our moment of engagement. If you know how to spell the name Priscilla, tweet it at us. 
we're just gonna get a million tweets. I'm vastly overestimating our reach. That are just the word Priscilla, <laughs> or like mis mispronounced. Do you know that YouTube video where it's like uh, uh, Google? Excuse me, two. Oh, that's two. You, it's like Yahoo searches or bad Yahoo searches. Do you know what I'm talking about? Um, it's like what is a Luigi board? What uh, is a yeah. what is a, a Ouija board? What I, is a then there's the other one that's like, um, how do you know if you are pregnant? Yeah. <laughs> there's also the one that Jimmy Kimmel does where he has, he does, it's Yahoo Answers and he reads the question mm. and then he has Audrey McDonald on and she sings automatically yeah. the answer. There's, Josh Groban does a similar one with, um, Kanye tweets. Oh, shit, I've not seen that. And Gabe Kahane, that composer that I like, he does one with uh, Donald Trump tweets. And, like, depressing. other politicians, too. That's cool. Uh, you know. Anyway. <laughs> we should start an Audrey McDonald podcast. That's a whole other thing. <laughs> um, so, Drusilla has blindfolded her dolls. Uh, and one of she them... She speaks weird to them. One like... of the, yeah, Miss Edith. Um, and I'll just, I'll just tell you right now, Miss Edith is, like, Drusilla's main doll. Okay. Uh, this, like, thing with, like, Drusilla talking to, like, these porcelain dolls is a, it's a, just a character bit that recurs. Yeah. And it, I, one, I love it, because it's just so weird. Creepy. And it makes her, yeah, it's creepy, and they're porcelain dolls. And porcelain dolls, I'll have all of our listeners know, are the most haunted type of doll. <laughs> Period. End statement. Yeah, yeah. All dolls are haunted, but porcelain dolls are the most haunted. Mm. Um, so, yeah, she's angry at Miss Edith. She's misbehaved. And um, so she turns her around. And then Spike comes in and he's like, you have to eat. He's really tender with her. Like, mm-hmm. um, And that's when he reveals that... His vamp brought, face goes away. Yeah. He reveals that he has brought Sheila. And it's gonna feed Sheila. To right, you kind of see her at the beginning of the scene, but you don't put together it's her. Yeah, and I really like the way they do this, where it cuts away from like she's in, she's got Sheila. She's, she's in vampire. Regular, well, she's in a regular face first. Right. They like cut away or like do a close up on Sheila or something, but they cut away, and when they come back, she's in vampire face, so you don't see the transformation. Yeah. Um, but it's really cool, and hers is her vamp face is different than others mm. it's more cat-like I, oh. I feel and i really like it like it's it fits their character really well and then she goes in for the fucking kill and mm. this is another moment where you had a pretty visceral reaction because mm. it looks like she's about to rip her whole fucking face off yeah um so r.i.p sheila i mean not really but i mean <laughs> r.i.p human sheila. she just got in with the wrong crowd okay <laughs> um to quote Buffy, and I think in the I think it's in the pilot. Um, uh, from now on, I'll only associate with the living, lively. <laughs> um, so now we go to the library. It's student teacher night. Cordelia gotcha. slays Xander verbally. Uh, Cordelia's outfit very. I feel like it wouldn't pass nowadays. Yeah, she's got little... the kind of like. It's not like a Mandarin collar, but it's like a kimono looking. But this is where the chopsticks kind of theme when the hairdo. Yeah. She's got like an up clippy bun thing going on with like chopsticks through yeah. it. And yeah. We had a whole discussion about it while watching the episode. Yeah. It's weird. It's just a weird fashion trend. There's a lot of things about this episode that you wouldn't get away with nowadays. 
Yeah. Yeah. So it's. I mean, uh, that being said, like she does look she really looks good. good. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's like your outfit is kind of appropriative, but yeah. also you look fucking hot. And I know I had some criticism for Buffy's like the version of Buffy's outfit in the parent-teacher conference mm-hmm. when she's wearing the like periwinkled like cheetah print sweater with like a mint green top and like a white skirt, but she's trying to look good. She's putting she's, on her her Sunday clothes. Yeah, like she's trying her hardest. To make a good impression. Yes. She, and she is. And so I, I take back some of what I said. I was like, this outfit sucks. Fuck this. Yeah. But like, no, like she's she's putting on like this this character. That is what's so actually kind of a bummer about this episode is Buffy tries really hard. Mm-hmm. Like she puts in a lot of effort. She slicks her hair work. back and it, yeah. I, it doesn't necessarily look particularly good. But like she knows probably that that's what she's supposed to do. Yeah. Um, so uh, Buffy goes out into Parent Future Night. Actually... They, you know, I think this brings me to our gay agenda. Oh, okay. My gay agenda, okay. or one of them. Um, at least the vocab, right? Okay. So, <laughs> so today's vo- gay vocab, insert music here. Okay, so today's gay vocab uh, comes from season two of RuPaul's Drag Race. And the phrase... The phrase is two piece and a biscuit. Okay. Any any guess where, where this might fit in, what this could be? Two piece and a biscuit. Okay. It's like two piece like tits and the biscuit is like her vagina. Definitely not. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Think more like fast food chains, like Popeyes. Okay. So a two piece is like like chicken wings. Okay. Like Tenders. Breasts. Two-piece, yeah. Well, yeah, okay, that's not the implication necessarily. Um, this comes from season two of RuPaul's Drag Race from the Queen Mystique. She is a... I'm sorry. Is her name Queen Mystique or is she the queen? No. Comma, Mystique. Mystique. Okay. Just Mystique. And she is the queen. She is a drag queen. Oh, she's... Uh, sorry. I was... She did not win the competition. I was she didn't make it like very far. capital Q queen. Like she's the queen. No, no, no. She's Elizabeth II. Yeah, yeah, no, Sorry, no. So, I misunderstood. So, uh, Mystique is one of the plus the the plus size queen on season two, and uh, she's known for like her like makeup and her death drops. She does. What is a death drop? A oh, fucking hell. Okay, that's a lot. Wait, of is that pack. where they like jump and like do like the splits? Yes. Okay. And, and then land on their junk. Um, yeah. So she does those. And she's a big girl, right? So it's really impressive. But one of her catchphrases is, you need a two-piece and a biscuit. She claims oh, that... Oh, that when it's like one of the skinny bitches? Well, she her. also attributes it, since she's a big girl, she's like, this is how I get my curves. I eat a two-piece and a biscuit. Okay. That's how she looks so feminine. That's how she's thick. Um, so... I think whenever Cordelia is maybe being a little bitchy and also looking fierce, Mm -hmm. she's kind of got this like skinny bitch attitude. You could say that skinny bitch Cordelia needs to eat a two piece and a biscuit. Okay. I like that. Yeah. I mean, you could find like other places in the episode where you might use that. Probably against Cordelia. Um, She has several of them. Like, especially maybe whenever, like, Willow is stuck in the closet with her at the end of the episode. Mm-hmm. 
whenever like she she's be, just being really annoying. And, like, she's praying, and Willow just, like, looks... She's, like, staring a hole in the back of Cordelia's head. Yes, she uh, is. I feel like maybe that'd be a little more okay. appropriate of a moment. But, uh, yeah, two-piece and a biscuit. Yeah, let's slide right into gay agenda. Um, what's your gay agenda? Well, well, yeah, my gay agenda, I guess, also kind of brings us into the next, like, part of the plot as well. Um, is during the, like, attack, right, at the parent-teacher conference. And... Um, Angel shows up, and we start to learn more about Spike. I had to remember his name. I almost said Stake. Uh, Spike. And evidently he was his liege. What is he called? Sire. Sire. Whatever. Some antiquated term. They know each other. Um, And he brings him a body. Do we know who the body is? Xander. Oh, I didn't put that together. He, um, because he, um. He basically grabs Xander so he can, like... But we don't know that Angel is, like... Faking it. Faking it yet, right? Like, this whole moment. But he basically offers him up to... To Spike. And he's like, here, before, you know, have a snack or whatever. And then they're like... He said, we can do it together. Like, as some sort of, like, olive branch offering. And, like... That 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 moment, they, like it's a soundbite in of, uh, in and of its own. Were, we can do it together. Yeah, like it was just like, and they kind of go in like as if they're gonna like kiss, but I mean it's just weird. Yeah, no, it's hell again. So my gay agenda is um, also about two characters who maybe should have kissed. Mm. Um, I feel like that's been my theme recently. It's like, yeah. what if? But at the end of the episode. Um, when, as you mentioned, Buffy or uh, Willow and Cordelia are trapped in the closet. In the literal closet. In the literal closet. R. Kelly closet. And you let's not mention R. Kelly. And I'm in a closet. Um, but he, or he, they are they're there, and Willow's irritated, and it's there's there's sexual tension, and mm-hmm. like maybe, you know, maybe they need to just kiss a little, and who knows? It could have been they could have died in there. You don't yeah. Want them to die without kissing. So that's my gay agenda. Um, kind of sticking with my my toast for the evening as well. I feel like just bringing us into the rest of this episode out of this segment. The whole like lighting of the scene, especially after the vampires attack and stuff like that, is just like on point. It's excellent. And and I really love the like. I really love the. Hold up. Let me find my notes. Uh, oh okay so like bringing us into the you know rest of the episode i feel like you know the production value is very apparent especially towards the end of the episode whenever the vampires attack and i was quick to criticize buffy's outfit in the parent teacher conference because she's you know putting on this like nice you know church outfit kind of thing Mm -hmm. but then after they get there and they're like all hell breaks loose literally uh her hair goes from like being pushed back to kind of like this katie couric kind of part and it's looking fierce um and she's got some like dirt on her face and like the makeup is just on point and the lighting she's like she steps right into the like little bit of lighting that there is in the scene and it's just very it's a very good moment. It's all really good. Like, I should endorse that, too. No. Gay agenda. Um, um, so, 
So just to take us back to right before the attack. Right, right, right. Um, Circle back. So goes out, she's making punch. And it looks really more like lemonade, but we're calling it punch. And Willow... Is the bit with the cucumbers? Huh? Is that the bit with the cucumbers? No, that was before. This right. is when she's like out in the school to do parent-teacher nights on. Mm-hmm. And she's, make, she's made the punch. And Willow is about to take a drink of it. And she goes, how much sugar did you use? Buffy goes, sugar? Right as Willow's taking the drink. And Willow's face. <laughs> she it just looks so disgusted. And um, mm-hmm. so then Buffy's mom enters the scene. Buffy offers um, Joyce... A glass of punch, and just a really gorgeous moment where behind Buffy is Willow, and as Buffy <laughs> is offering Joyce the punch, Willow's just like, just like lo- looking Joyce dead in the eyes, yep. like panicked look on her face, shaking her head no, like don't drink the fucking punch, Joyce. <laughs> um, so Buffy tries. She gets Willow to get her mom out of there so she doesn't meet Principal Snyder. Right. She says she doesn't speak a lick of English. Yeah. And she has um, she has a line with Cordelia. And this is another great zinger from Cordelia. Where she... I can't even remember what the lead-in is to it. But it's like... She's talking about like... Something and something or, and something else are un mixable thing she's like like water and oil and a third unmixable thing <gasps> yeah and no cordelia, cordelia was on fire in this episode right? oh my god she's talking about moisturizing and like yeah. oh my god well, she points at buffy's face and goes yeah i can see the oil <laughs> nasty <sighs> it's so good like it's such a good uh, burn i've also been like on a moisturizing kick so that one just like personally <laughs> um and yeah well that's when joyce comes back and uh cordelia's like now that is a woman who knows how to moisturize. At least mom. it doesn't run in the family. Yeah. Or something like yeah. that. She, Christine Southern has gorgeous skin. Right. Like, uh, Cordelia is not wrong. But um, Principal Snyder intercepts Buffy's mom. He's like, we have to talk. Mm-hmm. Buffy's mom looks so disappointed. You know, Cordelia's smirking because, like, you're going to be grounded forever. Mm-hmm. And there was a great shot that you commented on while we were watching the episode. Were there, like, kind of cell tower, yeah, like, just the three of, um, stair step? Yeah, Buffy Willow and uh, Cordelia just in a row. It's, it's a really good shot. Mm-hmm. They're so all, like, over each other's shoulders or whatever. Yeah. So some time passes. Buffy's mom returns. She is pissed. She's just like, get in the fucking car. Minus the fucking yeah. car. <laughs> um, Snyder starts to go and turn all the lights out. There are still people there. Um, side note, I love Joyce's hair. It looks great. She I mean, looks like, great. She's yeah, beautiful. like, she's supposed to kind of maybe look a little dated. Like, she looks maybe a little His more like hair. 80s, 70s, right? But especially towards the end of the episode, after it's maybe a little more, like, disheveled or whatever, like, yeah. she's, she's working that. Yeah. Um, so, um, Snyder is turning off the lights. To create a mood. And that's when the vampires attack. Why does he set turn off lights? Just because they're leaving? Uh, yeah. Okay. It's really weird because it... Like, there are still people there. There are still people there. I, part of me wonders, like, was parent-teacher night all just up front so that Snyder could get Joyce there and just, like... Gross. It was a ruse. It's... Um, yeah, just to, like, ruin Buffy's life. I don't know. But he starts to turn the light off. I mean, he's turning the light off to, lights out to create this mood. 
But it's not a little we weird. don't question Snyder's motives yet. It's just, it's just a weird touch. Like they could have just had the vampires cut the power. Like yeah, but, they, I feel but, like they've done that before. Yeah, like so. Regardless, though, they come through the window. Irregardless, <laughs> they come through the window. Spike's there, and he's like, "What can I say? I got impatient." Um, and I'm a little curious. Just from your perspective. See, I've seen this episode so many times. Right. I know that, like, the whole... The build-up of the episode is, like, parent-teacher night is Thursday. The vampire attack's gonna be on Saturday. Um, but I know, having watched it so many times, that, like, he gets impatient and attacks early. I was curious. Were you expecting an attack on... Having not watched it, were you expecting an attack on parent-teacher night? Or... Yeah, I mean, it kind of seemed to be building to that. Okay. Because, like... I don't know. We spent a lot of time on it. I didn't give much early. thought to the the whole, like, it came early thing. I kind of forgot about yeah. that. Um, so, so yeah. So, here's where we really get into the meat of the episode. And specifically, the Die Hard aspect of it. So, right. you've not seen Die Hard. No, right? but I know it's a Christmas movie. <laughs> so, the basic premise of it is, it's a um, this company, Christmas Party. Yeah. And they are... Um, uh, Bruce Willis is John McClane. He's a cop. His wife works at this company. Um, mm-hmm. He's like going there, um, but and before he get here, he's like, I can't remember if he, it happens before he gets there. Can I change right my gay there. agenda? Can my gay agenda be Bruce Willis? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. But, um, Continue. These terrorist attacks like take them hostage, and uh, Bruce, or Bruce Willis is basically has to take them out. And it's kind of exactly what Bobby did. He's, like, crawling through the duct. Yeah, and like, that's the iconic scene. Yeah, and take That's the Christmas well. ornament that I've seen people have. They yeah, just make yeah, a little yeah. box out of tin foil and, like, put a picture of Bruce Willis in yep. it. Um, so, so that's really, you know, it's a it's a hostage situation. Everyone's trapped. And also, like, the music is super, like, tense so throughout tense. the whole thing. It's very, just has me on the edge of my seat. Yeah. Especially cons- compared to... Like last season and episodes that don't have as much of that, like it really just heightened. Yeah. The whole episode, it was very suspenseful, mm-hmm. and I, I just the whole aspect of like, I don't know when the vampires get there and they're talking about just like, like closing the doors and like you know making sure nobody gets out and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Like, in it today's has climate, yeah, this kind of episode wouldn't wouldn't happen. I don't think a lot of the show would happen the way... That, there would be much less violence at the school. Yeah. Uh, just in general. Even regard... Like, just... I mean, okay, so we're, let me just... Let's just say it. We're talking about gun violence. Yeah. In schools. And, um... I think and there's this, no gun violence in this episode. Right. But. There's no gun violence, but there's still a very specific, um... You know, there are people attacking the school. There are students hiding in closets. Mm-hmm. Um, you know... It is there are guns, but especially it is, with like similar. the the production value of this episode and the writing and the tension and the music, that aspect was what was really uneasy yeah. for me in this whole episode. Just like it, it, it was so different. Yeah, yeah, it was uncomfortable. Yeah, it's a, it's it's really good. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and like we were saying in the episode, like I was like and. I was quick to be like, oh, well, it's probably you know, around, like, Columbine. But you were, you said, it's no, this is, this is yes, a year 90s, beforehand. I, I think it was actually two. Two years. So we're in 97 now, and I believe Columbine was 
Maybe a year and a half. I believe Columbine was the beginning of ninety nine. I'm gonna I'm gonna look it up real quick. Um, but so yeah, so you know this episode existed, and the show for at least the first couple seasons. Nineteen ninety nine. Ninety nine. April twentieth. Okay, so about a year and a half. Um, existed in a pre Columbine world. Um and, um, so it, uh, to think like this episode is still relevant and even ma- more relevant now maybe than it was then like is mind-boggling to me yeah. that's what was so uncomfortable about yeah. this episode for well, me and you know we have talked about suspenseful how, and thrilling um, uh, not thrilling that's the wrong word i mean i think it's thrilling i think you know um it's ex- it's certainly exciting thriller yeah is the word i'm looking um for. you know we've talked about how a lot the show really spends a lot of time taking like things that teenagers experience and turning them into something supernatural and if this episode were made today you could argue that this is their like school shooter quote-unquote school shooter episode Mm. um but it wasn't there were no guns yeah that really wasn't it Um, but they could address that without even like (laughs) yeah and maybe that's just on my mind, but like I feel like it totally applies to this episode. Yeah, it's, oh, I think it does. That's why you know, I was so uncomfortable, especially to, with the it's music hard to and everything. From that, when it's happening every single day. The context, yeah. Um, especially that new, that new ad from uh, the back to school. Yeah. Oh my god. It's very upsetting. Um. So to move us away slightly from this depressing conversation. Um. <laughs> I think another thing about this that makes this so tense is that we are seeing um, it, it's brought in most of our ensemble together too. So not only is it like our normal players of the uh, Giles and Willow and Xander and all of the game, but you've got Buffy's mom in there too. Yeah. And, and Principal Snyder. And I think this is the first time we've really seen Buffy's mom involved heavily in the plot plot. She's always on the periphery. Yeah. Um, it's kind of what you're talking like, about, like, things like bleeding together yeah, yeah, and, like, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Her, well, and that's the thing. Every, at the end of this episode, Truth every getting out. aspect of her life mm. comes together. Her school life, her personal life with her friends, Coming her slayer out. life, mm. her, her family life mm-hmm. all comes together in this in this. It's all the same. Climax. Um, so, you know, I, I don't think we need to spend a whole lot of time. You know, a lot of stuff happens... But I don't think we need to spend a whole lot of time just being. What like, what was Joyce's weapon of choice? Was it an axe? An axe. It was the one from the hallway. I think so. I think it was the one the van- the other. When he smashed his face through the. Yeah, thing. he had it, and Buffy killed him. Okay. Um. So basically, for the remainder of the episode, you've got Jenny and Giles in the library. Mm-hmm. You've got Xander and Angel. Um. And Xander or Angel's trying to kind of like trick Spike into thinking he's evil. Mm-hmm. Um. You've got Buffy. Going through the school, taking out the terrorists slash uh, vampires. Uh, you've mm-hmm. got uh, Joyce and Principal Snyder trapped in a classroom, and Willow and Cordelia trapped in a closet making out, and um, and that's canon. I say, um, we see Buffy take charge pretty immediately. She tells Snyder, "This is I'm you know." I'm in charge. Everyone stay here. She goes up through the ductwork. I'm going to take care of this. Um, 
Snyder tells everyone it's a gang on PCP. <laughs> he tries to escape through the window and ends up getting and ends up getting a guy killed. Right. Um, and that's the point where Buffy's mom, she's she gets up in his face. She's like, "You are an idiot." She's like, I, "She's like, I'm not listening to you." And he he has a line where he's like, "I see like the family resemblance or like mother like daughter something like that." And I think there's a moment there where Joy when he says that Joyce is like, "Fuck yeah." Like, my daughter's a badass, and I'm a goddamn badass too, and you're a tiny little rodent man. And that kind of empowers her to go yeah. do it's what she great. does. So, um, Spike and Buffy have their confrontation. Spike has a gross line. Mm-hmm. When he, um, so Buffy's like. We've not mentioned yet, but like he kind of struggles with the whole, uh, well, uh, not struggles, but. I guess, like, with his accent and the prosthetic, like, his accent is even more exaggerated when he's in the prosthetic, especially in that first scene. When he's out of the prosthetic, the accent's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, it's when he's in that prosthetic that it's... It's like, what does he say? It's really difficult, yeah. But um, she says, like, Buffy says something like, oh, are we really going to fight with weapons? And he's like, I like weapons. They make me feel all manly. And he, like, kind of, like, does this thing where he, like, takes his hand and, like, travels it down his body towards his crotch and uh our friend we were watching it with was like that was, or maybe it was john someone was like that was vaguely sexual and i was like that's not vaguely sexual it wasn't vaguely anyway that was, um, that was overtly sexual far um, from discreet but they fight and buffy is losing right like yeah he's got her um he's killed he's killed two, two slayers. slayers in the past century yeah um so it's pretty impressive. And, um, but then, here she comes. Mother Choice. of the goddamn year. This is another place where you, you get an axe and you <laughs> get an axe. You had a very strong reaction in this moment. She So Joyce hits him over the fucking head with an axe. And then she goes, you get the hell away from my daughter. I was like, yes, bitch, <laughs> what? I, was, I gave her two snaps. <laughs> it's a great moment. It is, it's such a good moment for Joyce. Um, it was the, not my daughter, you bitch. <laughs> um, and I yeah. haven't seen that movie and I know that quote. <laughs> so, and Spike goes, women. <laughs> and, and just like runs away, yeah. which whatever. Oh, uh, also, we missed the bit where uh, they put the chosen one in the cage. We're not there yet. Oh, okay, yeah, good. That's the very end. Yeah. Um, this is like convenient vampire destruction trap. Yeah. So we everyone leaves. Uh, Principal Snyder is talking to the police. Um, and basically he's like, what are we going to tell people? And Principal Snyder's like, usual story, gang on PCP. And, he's, and the police the officer's like, you know, are you sure? And he's like, well, what do you think we should tell people? The truth? And... It's, you know, it's played pretty casually, mm-hmm. but it's such a big, it's such an important moment. Like, yeah. we are seeing that the authorities he knows more. in this town know more than they are letting on. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe that'll come up Meanwhile, again. we find that Cordy and Willow are <laughs> still in the closet. And it's a really great scene, really great cutaway, because it's just got the light on the closet door and you can hear Cordelia praying. <laughs> 
And she's just like the most conceited person. Well, I'm gonna in the see world. if I can find the actual quote because mm-hmm. oh I my feel God. like it deserves yeah. like Re- it recitation. It deserves recitation, not a not a just a <coughs> excuse me. Uh, a dramatic a, reading. So it's a stage reading. It's a stage reading podcast. So Cordelia is on her knees. Mm. Uh, and she is praying, and behind her, and it's framed really well, uh, is is Willow. Mm-hmm. And Cordelia's... Willow gets a lot of like great like upstaging kind of mm-hmm. moments as far as like um, like the framing and the like shot. Yeah. Go. So Cordelia prays, and if you get me out of this, I swear I'll never be mean to anyone ever again, unless they really deserve it. Or if it's that time of the month, in which case, I don't think you or anyone else can hold me responsible. Willow interjects, ask for some aspirin. Cordelia goes, and can you please send some aspirin? Hey! <laughs> um, it's, it's, fun, it's funny. Um, and then we also get just a little nice stinger with um, Buffy and her mom. And but her Joyce is really proud of Buffy for being strong and resourceful and she's like you know what this incident has bought you like less punishment yeah. for <laughs> all the stuff principal Snyder well, told and me and the scene in the in the broom closet really uh, especially considering like how uneasy this whole episode kind of made me feel yeah to yeah. give you some lightness yeah it was nice to see that scenario with a little less of a, a different tone. Yeah. It, it just, yeah. I was ready for a, a laugh. A laugh. Yeah. Not that there weren't, but just like I was, that one was particularly funny. Cordelia had me laughing throughout the episode, for um, sure. I, this is just like, it's not off topic, but I am going a little out of order. There was a joke that we, we didn't mention that came earlier mm. that, um, it's just, I really, I really like it. Oh. It's really funny. Um, Buffy's telling Giles about Spike. And she says his name is Spike. And he says, um, uh, <laughs> kind of, it's an unorthodox name. And I think it's Xander says maybe he's... Re- it, Willow. Willow says it. Maybe he's Reform. Um, which, which I don't know if the show has established this yet. Correct me if I'm wrong, Tyler, but Willow is Jewish. Her last name is like... Is Rosenberg. So... Yeah. Okay. So I think it, I think at this point her last name has been established. So there's an implication that she's Jewish based on that. But they do explicitly state at yeah, some point yeah. that, that she's there's Jewish. like a Hanukkah episode or something. Um, um, there's a Christmas episode. Okay. And she talks about Hanukkah. Okay. Um, so, oh sorry. Go ahead. But she said what? What did she interject? Oh, she says. Uh, she said maybe it's not an Orthodox name. And right. She right. Says, maybe it's Reform. Which, of course, the different sects of Judaism yeah. is Reform, and or two of them are Orthodox and Reform. So, yeah. Um, this is fun. Mm-hmm. Um, so, th- this takes us into the last scene of the episode, which is, honestly, I think my favorite, because mm. the motherfucking anointed one bites it. Right. So, Spike and Drusilla return to the factory, the anointed one is pissed. He's like, you've depleted our forces. Now we're not going to be able to attack her on Saint, on Saturday for St. Vigius. And Spike's like, he's like, he's like, I'm going to beg for forgiveness. And then he's like, you know what? Fuck it. <laughs> and he picks that little bitch up, 
throws that bitch in the convenient cage, pulls that bitch up into the sunlight, <laughs> and turns that motherfucker to ash. And he has a great line where he says, um, right uh, as he's doing it, from now on, we're going to have a little less ritual and a little more fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I think not only is that... Three. Through, oh, did you burp? Yeah. Through burps? Um, it was only like... A, a 2.5 on the Richter scale. <laughs> um, I think not only is just that a nice moment from Spike, I think it's also a bit of the show winking at itself a little. Mm. You know, I think it's saying, you know, we've had, uh, to this point, we've had these vampires who were ritualistic and very dramatic. And now we've got this one. He's rock and roll. He's, he's a rebel. Mm. Um, and um, I think it's the show also saying, like, this is kind of where the where we're heading a little more. Yeah. Um, Self-aware. And yeah, so that's uh, how the episode ends with a kid being murdered. <laughs> oh, yeah. Which, honestly, like, there's been several chances to murder this kid. Right. Now. I'm glad someone finally did it. Yeah, so, it's been, like, three episodes coming. So the, um, the Anointed One was actually supposed to be more of a major villain of this season. Oh. But they found uh, in production that, I mean, the kid was aging and growing. Yeah. And he shouldn't be because he's a vampire. And um, that's why he's almost exclusively always sitting in the season. Makes him look little. Yeah. Um, But he, um, I also think they just recognized that the character didn't work. Mm. You know, the kid wasn't, you know... No offense to you, kid, but he wasn't a very good actor. Yeah. Um, he wasn't menacing or anything. Like, the idea of... You want a good vampire kid, interview with a vampire, Kirsten Dunst. <laughs> Not this kid. Um, so, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So, let's get into just these last little bits of, of, of tidying um, up. What were my reactions? Do you remember him? Um, I don't think, well, we, like, we've really gone we've, through we hit most, most of, of them. them. I don't think I, uh, there were any that I, outside of what we've mentioned. Uh, oh, uh, the who, one I haven't said yet. Oh, what? The one you were like, write that down, you remember? Oh, oh, yeah. It was yeah. during the Shit, big, like, fight scene. Um, they, uh, well, yeah, the one that I wrote down was, uh, <laughs> when Willow grabs the, like, big bronze bust and throws it, at one of the vampires, I immediately was like, she gave that dude head. Oh my god. I laughed so hard. And then I was like, write that down and say it in the podcast and I'll pretend like it's the first time I'm hearing it and obviously that play did not work out. Yeah, I didn't remember any of that. That's alright. That's not your fault. I was the one who forgot. So we did all of our stuff. Let's see. Um, Ooh. uh, So yeah, I mean like, if any of y'all know how to spell the name Priscilla, like, tweet us um, or Instagram or Facebook. You know, just comment on one of our things. Uh, yeah, you know. Yeah. So what were your general takeaways out of this episode? Um, I kind of like what you said with the, uh, you know, aspects of her life kind of bleeding together. Um, the truth coming truth be told kind of thing yeah. like people finding out maybe coming out um 
what are, what are you thinking? I just, I like this episode. Yeah, it's, really it's good. good. Um, have you ever heard the phrase growing the beard? No. In reference to television? So no. it's a, it's a TV trope. Um, you can find it on TV tropes. Um, but it's, it's called growing the beard and it refers to the moment where a show really like comes into its own, mm-hmm. um, and gets really good. Um, and, you know, fans disagree on where Buffy's moment is, but a lot of people point to this episode. Yeah. Um, just the quality of the episode and the introduction of Spike and Drusilla as new antagonists, mm-hmm. um, as the growing the beard moment. Mm-hmm. And, um, the phrase comes from Star Trek, The Next Generation. Really? So the first two seasons are rough. Yeah. Um, and it... It gets it finally it, you know it improves dramatically around the same time that the character of Riker grows a beard, <laughs> and, and they're not related. Like yeah. it's not like the show got good because of the beard. It's just like that happened around the same time that the show started getting really good. So that's kind of become a that's the moment yeah. for like indicating of this is the moment the show got really good. I mm. I agree with a lot of fans that this is. Um, I think Prophecy Girl, the end of season one, is where show starts to show some stuff plot heavy um and then this is the episode where art heavy (laughs) um and then it just you know we just get go on from there so yeah i love this episode i think it's great i love um every character gets a you know even though the the ones who aren't major focuses get good moments and Mm -hmm. good lines um Xander never does a single thing that offends me in this episode. Good he job, also doesn't Xander. do a lot. That's true. In this episode. He, the most we talked about him was when he was dancing in the background. Yeah. Um, <laughs> You're like, I love this episode. Xander's a nice character. I'm like, he didn't have any lines. <laughs> well. He was literally dead in that whole scene. <laughs> um, Knocked out. Cordelia gets zinger after fucking zinger. Which are the best kind. Joyce gets a... Great moment. There's even a little flirtation between Willow the gets guys. a lot of like upstaging moments. Yeah. I'm all for it. It all works. The only thing that I would like dock this episode for is Sheila. Oh, who um, I did not even mention, by the way, gets turned into a vampire. And yeah. it's it's really it's just kind of it's not it's not it's not developed. Yeah. yeah. Um I did spot a stunt double, and I think I kinda mentioned this, but whenever Buffy's in the purple jacket and uh there's a really cool shot of the vampire like throwing or punching i don't remember buffy up onto the garage door and when she falls down she's looking down at the ground so you know like that's the stunt double yeah and then the next like shot is her looking up and so it's you know sarah michelle geller but yeah getting back to the like i anticipate that that'll be an aspect of the stunt doubleness because it's already more subtle than season one so it's already harder to spot like it wasn't necessarily like a a bad stunt double moment, but I was like, yeah, that's it. That has to be it. One that was a little easier to spot was in Buffy and Spike's fight. The back of Spike's head. Yeah. The hair was totally different. Yeah, because, like, he kind of has, like, a like a fade, kind of yeah. a taper, and, like, the stunt double's wearing a wig. Like, yeah. it's not, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, also, Spike has cool hair. Uh-huh. Yeah. He's got a cool leather jacket. My cool name is hair. what? My name is who? My name is... <laughs> Slim Shady. <laughs> so, um, um, yeah. You know what? I take it back. There is Sheila does Sheila becoming a vampire does serve one purpose. It's to get Spike to the school because she's the one who's like it's ter- presumably tell Spike that it's parent teacher night. 
mm. and to go to the school. Okay. So, anyway. She fills in that. She fills it, but she's just kind of a cliche and, and doesn't get a lot of development. Yeah. All right. Um, so our predictions next? Is that Yeah. Um, I think we were talking about, like, I feel like my one of my guesses last time was that we're going to follow, like, classic literature and, like, kind of do versions of that. But I think a, a more way, a better way to refine that is, like, you know, we're going to follow more tropes. If this was, like, a diehard episode, then maybe there will be, like, more of a pop culture aspect, maybe some other 90s references like that. But, yeah, I mean, I'm going to stick to my guns, but just say, you know, there's going to be more of those, like, tropes where this is a Die Hard episode, this is a Frankenstein episode, this is a werewolf episode, this is a um, fucking, I don't know, what are other 80s movies? This is like a Breakfast Club episode, like, I don't know. Okay, good prediction. Um, That's probably a pretty specific Breakfast Club, but they're in a school. (laughs) One thing on the topic of you saying like this is the Die Hard episode that I think is what helps this episode work is that it takes its idea from Die Hard but it doesn't like doesn't beat it over it, the head yeah at no point does Buffy yell yippee ki motherfucker or that would have been nice <laughs> um it just like lets it be yeah um and I wouldn't be shocked if maybe they, di- they didn't write it as a Die Hard episode that's they gonna just... be our promotional artwork for this week's it's gonna be just like Bruce Willis Bruce Willis Nice. In the vent. All right. Um, okay, so we let's do your prediction for next week. The next episode is called Inca Mummy Girl. Well, like I said, like tropes. Like, <laughs> like, God damn, I just walked right into that one. Yeah. Um, I was really hoping while you were doing all that, you were like, Frank, I, said, I was really hoping you'd go like, maybe a mummy. Well, I'd kind of already seen where that was um, written down, but uh, uh, no, I... Inca, though, like, how is that gonna get involved? Um, Egyptian mummy. Well, Joyce has, you know, kind of stepped into the spotlight, and, like, I know she got those, like, imported, like, African statues. Yeah, she works at a gallery. Right. So maybe, like, she'll help us with that, like, international aspect of this episode. Um, Because the last time that happened was, I mean, like, other times where that has happened is, like, with, at the zoo. The hyenas. Yeah. Um, hyenas. So, I mean, like, Incan mummy? Okay, see, that Incan and mummy, I mean, like, I guess they both have, like, pyramids, but it's not necessarily, like, well, what I would... Well, a lot of cultures... Have mummies. Have mummies. You know, we... The Egyptian but it's not the, like, are... traditional Egyptian mummy trope right. that I would, you know... Exactly. That's kind of... The trope is typically Egyptian mummies. Right, right, right. So... So I guess I'm trying to see where that might go. Um, There there are no, like, Latino characters. We talked about how with one of our friends earlier. (laughs) Yeah, the representation. He's like, where are all the people of color? Sometimes Mm. in the background? Yeah, like, there was (laughs) one in that first episode of season one, and one in that first episode of season two, and... Yeah. I mean, I'll just be honest. You know... Uh, not that there are no characters of color who ever appear on the show or on Angel, but... Especially at that time, that was something that was really apparent. Yeah. Um, you know, but, you know, racial diversity is not the show's strong suit. It just isn't. No. Um, and that's not shocking for its time period. Yeah. Um, Unfortunately. So, yeah, no, yeah. 
And I think that's something we can acknowledge. It is a period, you know, it's, it is a product of its time, for better and for worse. The sign of the time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. Um, so before we get into just signing off, anything else? Anything on your mind? Any last thoughts? Um, yeah. Cool. I give this episode four and a half out of five railroad spikes through the head. Oh, okay. That's a, that's a good descriptor. I just want to know how to spell Priscilla. So, um, I know like Priscilla, is it Presley? Is that Elvis uh, Presley's yeah, daughter? Elvis's daughter. Yeah. Like how does she spell her name? We could um, look it up, but we won't. I don't want to. <laughs> um, so Google it for us yeah. and let us know. Do our homework for us, please. All right. Take it away. Thank you for joining us on Booze and Buffy. We'll be back next week with Inca Mummy Girl. I'm Harrison, and you can find me on Instagram at Harrison Alexander Kaufman. That's C-O-F-F-M-A-N. And on Twitter at Harrison Kaufman. And that's still C-O-F-F-M-A-N. I'm Tyler, and you can find me on all my social media at T-G Dippold. That's D-I-P-P-O-L-D. Uh, you can find us, Booze and Buffy, on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Booze and Buffy. Or you can email us if you have something longer to say at boozeandbuffy at gmail.com. Please do. We really want to hear from you. Yeah, let us know. Otherwise, we're not going to know how to spell or uh, how football works. Um, <laughs> You're stupid. I, don't, I wouldn't say that knowing football is an indication of intelligence. I was but... watching football with my family when we went over for dinner last night. Mm. I was so bored. I just mm, no thanks. Uh, you can also find us on YouTube. When Harrison has a a short video that he releases each week, it's called Spoiler Corner with Harrison, and I can't really know anything about that. But uh, I probably like already guessed the plot of season four, so that's where he would discuss that. Yeah. Um, don't forget to subscribe and rate us on iTunes. You know, give yeah. us some of those podcast points. Yeah. So we can monetize uh, in the future. And just help us find more more listeners. We um, um, There's a small but mighty band of you. Um, <laughs> and we'd like a larger band that we can militarize and take over the world. Mm. Also, each week uh, we like to give a shout out to a worthy charity or nonprofit. Um, this week we are highlighting kind of in light of some of what we discussed this episode, um, Sandy Hook Promise. Um, Sandy Hook Promise's mission is to create a culture engaged in preventing shootings, violence, and other harmful acts in schools. Sandy Hook Promise is a moderate, above-the-politics organization that supports sensible program and policy solutions that address the quote-unquote human side of gun violence by preventing individuals from ever getting to the point of picking up a firearm to hurt themselves or others. Their words, actions, and impact nationwide are intended to honor all victims of gun violence by turning their tragedy into a moment of transformation. Yeah, definitely. If you get the chance, check out one of their most recent commercials. Um, it's a, it's a, it's framed as a back to school ad, but it's particularly it's very compelling and powerful yeah. kind of uh, commercial. But. Um, as always, <laughs> <laughs> what a weird transition we're about to make. Yeah, but on on an upside. Slay. And be gay! Aww.